Hello and welcome to BDO's Global Natural Resources Industry Group podcast. My name is Catherine Bell, the manager of the Industry Group and your host for this podcast series. Our aim for this podcast is to deliver short, informative and timely insights, which are easy to access. Our industry program covers three subsectors, which are mining, oil and gas and renewables. With industry expertise spanning over 160 countries, we will use this podcast to introduce you to them and have them discuss the hot topics of the day. We welcome any feedback and or topics you'd like us to address. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 5 of BDO's Global Natural Resources podcast series. This is Catherine Bell, your host. This podcast, we welcome Brendan Kidd, BDO's Global Mining Group Leader and Canadian National Natural Resources Group Leader, and Matt Crane, Audit Partner in the Natural Resources and Energy Team for BDO UK. We discussed the recently released BDO report, Social Licence to Operate in Mining, why has it been such a hot topic, how has the pandemic impacted its widespread adoption, and what impact will the pandemic have on the implementation of ESG measures and funding. Uh, So thanks, Brendan and Matt, uh, for joining me for this podcast today on the Social Licence to Operate. Um, as you know, our group uh, recently released the white paper, Social Licence to Operate in Mining, Current Trends and Toolkit, off the back of the increasing focus. Um, this was taking at the various global mining events that we attend um, around the world. For both of you uh, who have a long list of mining clients, I thought it would be good to hear from you both on, on what you're hearing in the market and perhaps commenting on pre-COVID versus post-COVID environment. Um, obviously, it's it's having a huge impact um, on all um, parts of the, the world and the market. So first off, I guess the, my first question will be, you know, why has um, the social licence to operate become such a hot topic for the mining community? And perhaps, um, Brendan, I'll get you to answer that first. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's kind of two things that have really uh, contributed to Uh, social license uh, being so important, uh, one more current than the other. I I think the first is is, uh, the ease of communication globally these days has really shifted more power towards uh, activist uh, groups um, and uh, governments in smaller uh, nations and and, uh, developing developing nations and regional governments. And uh, this this has really allowed them to have more of a voice uh, that's heard by stakeholders um, of the mining industry, and, and it really puts more pressure on on uh, mining companies to do a better job um, where they haven't in the past, um, to uh, to be fair with uh, with uh, these communities and uh, and uh, take care of their uh, environmental aspects and, and things like that. Um, whereas uh, 20 or 30 years ago, these these uh, groups had very little power because they couldn't communicate with each other and they couldn't get the word out on on what's going on. So I think that's really contributed. Um, and more currently, I think that climate change has has really driven um, uh, a similar demographic to put pressure on the mining industry to uh, to be a part of a solution and to to do a better job in in their in in preventing climate change. And uh, that goes right up to uh, major investors, PE funds, 
um, hedge funds that are putting pressure on on mining companies to uh, have uh, substantive ESG programs, for example, um, if they want to uh, access um, funding from these these large groups. Yeah, definitely. Um, Matt, uh, can you add to that? Yeah, so I think because of this wider global social consciousness where we're all now being held more accountable for what we do and our actions on the environment, community, general social awareness, um, it's, it's put this idea or this agenda of the social license um, at the top for all your key stakeholders. So governments, community, employees and finance providers. And if it's the top of the agenda for all those stakeholders, then it's become the hot topic for you to manage as a, as a mining company. So as Brendan says, if you want to raise money, you've got to have a clear ESG policy and you're going to be held accountable to it. If you want to attract talent into your business, then you need to look at what those those new employees, the millennials want, um, what kind of policy they want around social license and why that's important. Um, it impacts upon your investment in new technology. Um, and ultimately, it just links back to your your reputation. Um, and that's that's why it's become such a such a hot topic and a key part of your your agenda mm, excellent yeah so it's becoming very much all-encompassing um so my next question is um back to you matt um and it's as businesses are reacting to the pandemic um do you think the momentum that was gained last year has been lost or will be lost i, I think this this is going to differ between what commodity you're mining and geographically where you're based. I think we're, we'd all sit here and say that the current pandemic is clearly a black swan event and the mining industry is being caught up in that turmoil. I mean, interestingly, where we've seen declines in global mining industry in the past, it's been normally linked to the demand side for commodities. Um, and Clearly, there is some decline in industrial activity and therefore demand will be impacted. But I think in this case, with this pandemic, there's a big impact on the supply side. So where mines are being closed or being shut in due to the to the pandemic, you've seen it in South, South America and South Africa. Um, if the supply of some metals goes below the demand, then actually you might see some commodity prices increasing and mining companies benefiting benefiting from that and you've seen that with commodities such as uranium where the price went up quite considerably in April um, as a result of the, the pandemic and then you're also seeing this widening disparity between precious metals and industrial metals um, so you've seen the impact on the gold price for example um, and if governments continue to print money to deal with these debt piles that have been created by measures they've put in place to deal with the pandemic, then gold clearly and other precious metals are going to be more and more attractive for um, investors and um, investment coming in. So some miners are clearly going to benefit from that. Similarly, impact of lower energy costs, government stimulus packages, reduction in the cost of labour, that will also fall to the profit margin for some producers. Um, so you might see some some mining companies um, who can come out of the other side of this um, having not lost and actually you know benefiting benefiting from it. And then also you might see some differences in investments that might help 
some some companies so for example where you've got supply issues created by the pandemic um industry producers whether that's an apple or a tesla or someone like that might, might start looking to make more direct investments into mining companies to secure future supply um, and again that would be um, a, a more positive impact for for mining companies so i think it's going to depend upon um, the type of commodity that you're mining and also you know where you're based and how your operations have generally been affected yeah, great, Matt. I think you've answered a lot of questions in there. Um, maybe, Brendan, um, you might um, like to also comment, I guess, um, more specifically around, I guess, the, the, the momentum of the social licence to operate um, in, in, in terms of, um, and we'll talk about my next question about, you know, gaining finance. Um, do you have something to yeah. add? Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally, uh, social license, uh, including ESG, is is still important to to mining companies and stakeholders. Um, there's a reality right now that uh, a lot of companies that their primary focus right now simply has to be the safety of their their workforce and and just simply keeping the lights on. Um, but you know, things are going to change through this pandemic. I mean, I think companies are going to have to adapt, and there might be a slimming down and uh, through that whole process, uh, there's an opportunity to change the way companies uh, do business, perhaps. I mean, crises uh, are a catalyst for change, and, and you can use that to your advantage to build a stronger, better company. And I think that uh, social license and ESG programs uh, have to be a part of any successful company. So I think it could be an actual opportunity to build momentum uh, through the, the pandemic. Yeah, it's a, definitely an opportunity to shift gears. Um, so moving on to, I guess, um, the financing um, question. Um, are you, Brendan, would you be able to explain trends in financing that are effectively, um, that are affecting the mid-market mining companies? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for a number of years, it's been, it's been difficult for mining companies to raise uh, finance, particularly in the, the junior or the mid-market. Um, you know, there, there is some really positive uh, indicators out of Australia uh, last year, and, and uh, BDO in Australia has just recently published uh, uh, the quarterly cash report that shows that uh, a lot of that momentum has has uh, slowed right down. And, and we've we've certainly um, not seen any uptick here in Canada and, and other areas are very similar. So I, th I think uh, mining companies need to uh, need to brace for for difficult times continuing on. Um, and really, if, if a, a company is going to raise financing, and it is possible, um, but they need to have a very compelling argument or, or perhaps um, be one of the lucky ones in, uh, that they're operating in um, a commodity that's in demand, uh, such as, uh, as uranium or uh, even gold's quite exciting right now, albeit uh, perhaps a fickle, uh, fickle metal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt, um, being over in the UK, what can you add to that? Yeah, I'd agree in that it's still an incredibly tough market to, to raise money in and you're just having to see mining companies be much more creative. So you're seeing um, more mining companies turn to private equity funding, sovereign wealth, cornerstone investment and other creative kind of alternative funding deals like royalty deals. Uh, um, we've certainly seen some some transactions complete in in that space and 
really actually bringing it back to where we talked about social licenses, seeing those companies that have actually looked at their ESG policy and have become attractive to, you know, fund PE funds and, um, um, you know, that cornerstone private investment. They're the ones that are kind of succeeding in terms of um, tapping into some of these alternative um, funding opportunities. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, my next question is around um, business resilience. Um, it's being spoken about a lot uh, right now. And uh, so I just wanted to ask you, you know, how do you see the social license to operate play into that? Um, Matt, would you be able to comment on that? Yeah. So I think where um, we're looking at the social license and the fact that it's all encompassing and the, the, the number of the different stakeholders that it impacts if you if you get the social license right and you get you get a, a tangible ESG policy that stacks up and can come under scrutiny then you are going to build resilience in, in your company because the likely output of that is that you've got a better relationship with your local government you've got a better relationship with your local community um, you've got a stronger relationship in terms of healthcare policy culture with your um, em employees um, and it might have also helped you drive efficiency through bringing in new technology that can help around the, the kind of social license the environmental piece and um, how you go about your, your your mining so I think in all those cases you've built a level of resilient resilience that if you do have um, events of change that you it provides you with that kind of flexibility and that base from which you can react to it in in, in a better way yeah no it's like a buffer um brendan yeah i mean i'd absolutely agree with with matt's comments i mean i mean really uh social license is all about uh creating a mutually beneficial partnership with your uh, affected communities and stakeholders and where a company has done a good job of that uh, those those uh, relationships are going to help them see through the difficult times um, whereas uh, those that that, that haven't done uh, a great job in it uh, might might uh, struggle more in order to uh, be resilient um, so I know you both don't have crystal balls um, but how do you foresee mining companies emerging out of this crisis and adapting to the new normal? Um, what do you see being the success factors required to realise a, a thriving future in mining nowadays? Um, it's a hard one, but Brendan, do you want to have a crack at that one? Yeah, I mean, I mean specifically uh, to effects of the pandemic, I guess you could think, you could, you could see that uh, companies are, are seeing that the broader system they have around them that makes them successful, I mean, their, their supply chain is, uh, is highlighted the importance of that. And I could see companies wanting to have more control over their supply chains in one way or another um, going forward. And, and that could be uh, to kind of do away with the just-in-time inventory delivery that's become quite popular over the last couple of decades and, and having larger stockpiles so they can they can operate for a longer period of time if certain aspects of the supply chain are cut off. I mean, that's an expensive uh, um, uh, approach to handling that. And uh, another approach might potentially be to um, acquire or establish uh, a larger 
supply chain around them. You become more vertically integrated companies like you, you see in certain industries um, where uh, you'll have uh, a company that's effectively um, controlling everything from their initial production through to their ultimate sale of their, their product and all the parts that go into that. And, you know, during, you know, what's, what's going to be a really rough uh, global recession, this, this is a good time for some of the larger players to perhaps acquire part of that uh, supply chain at a, a reasonable price and, um, and use that control they gain to uh, build a stronger company going forward. Yeah, excellent. Interesting times. Um, Matt? Um, yeah, I think if you look at, for example, ESG, then I think the the S will certainly become more important, the social aspect. So mining companies having to develop uh, more robust healthcare monitoring for both the miners themselves and the local communities around them um, so they can react to... Um, and the spread of disease and the impact upon um, their business. Um, you might look at miners, uh, mining companies trying to introduce policies that just make them a bit more robust and give them more flexibility. So less fly in, fly out, uh, rely more on local expertise and training local expertise. So if you do get restrictions on travel, then you can manage them more effectively. Um, similarly, more remote working opportunities um, to allow people to be able to still be efficient and effective, but maybe not working directly on, on, on the site. Um, and I think long term, it's probably going to drive this push to automation um, because, um, you know, that's that's one area where if you have a fully automated mine and you're less reliant on on people, then in this current situation, you're likely to see some, some big benefits. It's just an acceleration on, on all levels, really. Um, the, the change that I guess we're all experiencing um, from, from one industry to the other. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's unique times to say the least. Um, I have one last question that I just want to um, quickly pose to you. Um, you both obviously speaking to um, your clients on a regular basis. Um, I just want to hear, you know, how how are you helping them? You know, how is BDO, I guess, helping um, our clients um, at this time? Uh, Brendan. Yeah, I mean, in Canada here uh, in particular, there's uh, been a lot of um, support from the government in terms of uh, uh, providing um, supplementary uh, tax incentives and, and payments to companies to help pay their employees and, and keep the lights on and that sort of thing. So we've been working with our clients uh, a lot over the uh, last couple months to help them to identify and access these various programs that they can um, uh, use to, to keep the lights on and, and uh, maintain profitability, at least uh, through the short term. What about you, Matt? Um, yes, similar. Um, obviously, we don't have a huge amount of mining companies that operate in the UK. Um, so we're really kind of tapping into the international network and making sure that where they do have operations, that um, they have access to BDO and BDO office information around what what policies they can they can utilize. Um, you know, we're talking to them around you know how to manage cash flow, um, understanding you know what's the impact upon 
their reporting from a regulatory and a company perspective and what they should be telling um, investors and readers of their financial statements around what they're doing around um, the impact of COVID and how they're they're reacting to it, which I think is quite important, getting that messaging messaging out there. Um, and I, I think in, in in most instances, you're just kind of you're sort of just talking to them to understand what their what their issues are and feeding that back around the network so that we can all, you know, we're all running businesses as well, so we've all got um, you know information that we can we can pass on, provide them with the intelligence that they need to to be able to get through. No, exactly. And I guess this is somewhat the purpose of this podcast is um, is just to be um, sharing information and um, the more we can kind of listen and hear about what our clients are doing, we can we can pass that on, um, as you said. So anyway, that um, that's the conclusion of our of our chat. So I just wanted to say thank you both, um, Brendan and Matt, for, for joining me um, on this podcast. And uh, perhaps we can reconvene in a in a month or so um, just to, to have a chat again about um, what we're seeing in the market. Yeah, thanks very much, Catherine. Thanks, yeah. Catherine. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast. If you do have any questions for Brendan, Matt or myself, feel free to reach out to us. My contact details are on the page. In addition, do check out our report on the social license to operate and contact us if we can be of any assistance. Thank you.